I started this podcast for two reasons. The first is I think career education obviously is very important and I want to help people learn about different career paths so that they can find their own career paths easier. The second of the two motivations is I know what it's like to have a job you absolutely hate. If you're ever on my LinkedIn profile, there are a few jobs which I have neglected to put on, so you won't find them on there. But they're jobs that I hated. They're jobs that filled me with dread when I had to go do them. I know what it's like to have a job that you hate. And what I love about this podcast is it's my way of at least trying to help people find a job that they will actually love and enjoy doing. The reason I'm bringing this up is I think Kira O'Leary matches both of these two points. She is someone who ultimately benefited from good careers education and she is someone who had a job that she absolutely hated. And as always, I'm going to let her speak for herself. Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. Kira O'Leary, welcome to Graduate Compass. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So to start today's episode as a kind of top and tail, what did you go to study as a degree and what are you doing now? Sure, okay. Um, Without going into too much detail, I studied for my undergraduate degree, business studies and French. Uh, It was a four-year degree and I spent one year in France. That's the starting point. Now I am a technical writer for a video conferencing company. So it doesn't really add up at the moment. (laughs) So as I suppose, uh, I suppose a second starting point, can we just explain what a technical writer is and what it actually does? Sure. Um, So I actually never understood myself or knew this role existed until someone recommended it to me. Um, A technical writer will vary a lot across kind of industries but basically they write a lot of documentation and user guidelines for um, products and services so in my job um, we create um, video conferencing products and services so I will write all the information around that guiding people how to use it um, generally for for the public people like you and I um, I'll also help create video tutorials and educational content. Um, and I take all the technical information that's maybe provided by engineers and software developers, and I'll put it into layman's terms um, for the average person to understand. And that could be creating, you know, ad- collaborating with UX designers, um, marketing, the engineering and uh, research and development side. Um, it's really kind of involved in a lot of sides of the of the organization as a lot of the information I create or content ends up um, public facing. Um, so yeah, even it, it kind of extends across to if we create a new product and it, it needs some manuals that go in the packaging um, I will create a sheet, you know, to put in with the packaging, like if you've got a new mobile phone and you've got a little leaflet with it, instructions on how to use it. So it's very much taking the technical technical information and putting it into layman's terms for um, people to understand. 
I'm going to assume a job like that, you know, obviously writing is going to be a skill that you're going to need. But what other types of skills would you need to be able to do a job like that effectively? I think, yeah, writing is a huge one. Um, I think you need to be inquisitive, um, be willing to ask questions because every single day I'm asking very technical people to explain to me what they've done. And that generally is me saying, okay, now break it down more. Can you break it down more? Can you tell me this? And it goes off on tangents. So it's, you almost have to have a set of skills like an interviewer um, to really, really get all the little details and basics that I require that I'm doing for my fact finding in order to write, you know, the perfect piece um, of content or literature or whatever. Um, Aside from that, you might think that writing is more of a kind of solo or, or autonomous job. It's definitely a very uh, people-oriented job because I have to collaborate so frequently with people. Um, I would recommend being comfortable in approaching others um, and, yeah, being being able just to sit down and have a conversation um, with with other people really, really helps. So. That was something that I was really looking forward to, um, being able to merge writing with collaboration with other people on a daily basis so that I wouldn't be um, working completely by myself all day, every day. I definitely wanted that in, that social interaction with others. Do you know, it's something you kind of touched on a second ago, but I'm assuming with a job like that as well, you know, it requires a lot of confidence. You need to be able to approach people who are, very technically skilled and very technically gifted and be able to say to them, I don't understand what you've done here. Please break it down into a format that I can understand. And I can imagine that must have been a bit difficult. How did you find it? Yeah, it can be very intimidating at first um, because you are going to these people who have developed this amazing service or product. They are an expert in their field and you're suddenly sitting down with them. Maybe you don't know them that well. And you're saying, okay, I don't really understand how this this works. Can you explain it to me some more? So that was really difficult at first, especially if you're new in a job or new in a company, um, to really have the confidence to walk up to someone's desk and say, hey, I need to write this about what you've written. However, it's really complicated. So, you know, you're going to have to sit down with me for a few hours and really dumb it down. Um, but what I found out, like almost immediately, someone who creates uh, or does a lot of work or coding or things like, you know, like software developers, they're generally very passionate about what they've done. Someone who's put that much time and effort into a piece of work, they want to talk about it. They want to tell you how it works. They really want others to understand. And that enthusiasm suddenly shines across from then. And, you know, they're willing to break it down. People are definitely willing to talk once they get over that initial, um, just maybe just barrier of you know not knowing each other that well and if you can just relax into a conversation like you would in any other part of life a conversation with a stranger um it really becomes a really rewarding experience because you have this person enthusiastically telling you about what they've done um and I'm just asking these questions in order to to spread the amazing news about what they've done so it's it it ends up being a really nice experience once you get over that initial kind of you know, I've had it before walking up to people's desks with a bit of a lump in my throat and getting a bit sweaty thinking, oh, this person's quite senior. They've done such amazing work here and I have to go over and just ask silly questions. But it, it never feels like that at the end. 
So that's where you're at now, and it sounds like a very different career and a very interesting career, but let's try and work out how you got there. So you said you went to college to study business and French. What was the original motivation to go and do something like that? Oh, gosh. So that was when I was filling out my CAO form. As far as I remember, it was kind of peak Celtic Tiger times. Um, I had never studied business or economics or accounting in secondary school whatsoever. However, at that point in time in Ireland, it, it it was considered a very, very secure and safe choice to get into some sort of business or finance or accounting. We have these, you know, you, you've probably heard, well, graduates will have heard of, you know, the milk round. Joining one of the big top accounting or consultancy uh, companies in Ireland is always a safe career to follow um, if you're not sure what you want to do. I, I unfortunately decided that kind of job security and financial security trumped what I was really passionate about or what what my strengths were in secondary school which was always English it was always writing um, and the more creative side of things I I really didn't see myself pursuing a career in the only two things I could think of if I studied English at that point in time was, I, well, I don't want to be a teacher and I don't want to be a journalist. I was very short-sighted in those being the only roles I saw I could get um, if I studied English. So I saw my brother doing very well and successful going down the more kind of business-focused path at that time. So I chose business studies in French as I knew um, that would give me a guaranteed year abroad um, in France. So the uh, overall, I, lo- I, I, I love the year abroad. I really did love that op- opportunity. But doing four years of business when it, I was not passionate about it, when I had never studied it before, it was grueling. It was really, really, really tough going. Um, really competitive course, small numbers. Um, yeah, I find it really tough. It was it was a slog. Um, so looking back now, I don't know if I would do it again because it wasn't my strength. It's not what I was passionate about to begin with. But that said, every choice I've taken in the last 10 years has led me to where I am today, where I am very happy. So it's hard to regret that decision in hindsight. Presumably, as you got towards the end of your degree, there was at least doubts that you were going to go down this route or had you decided that you weren't going to go down it? I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, There are multiple times throughout the four years of my degree that I looked at some sort of conversion process of business into the arts um, or into even I was looking at any way out into English or psychology, but um, I couldn't find a route um, without a lot of expense involved in it or without having to repeat two or three years. So I felt a bit trapped in terms of my degree. So I just resigned myself to finishing this degree, the four years, I'd get it done. Um, And then the pressure started. um, I started really feeling the pressure in final year when everyone started applying to graduate programs, um, all the business accounting and kind of finance ones around me. And first of all, I wasn't passionate enough to, to really, really fill out those applications with like all the the work that is needed to go into them and secondly I, I knew my, my results and my grades were not going to be good enough you know they were they were literally going to filter me out in the first round because um, I didn't stand out in terms of my results or my subjects or my like thesis or anything like that um, 
And I don't know, I almost didn't want to either. So I didn't know what to do. But at that point in time, like having a job and financial security was still extremely important to me. So I, I went about hunting for um, graduate programs or sort of equivalent internships that were paid. Um, and I did find one within kind of two or three weeks of finishing my exams. Um, I went straight into, um, I think it was a either 12 or 18 month paid internship at a startup in in Dublin and that was my very first sort of professional career and that was as a marketing and operations executive so still very much kind of business focused and I just kind of landed in that um yeah and kept going with that for two years that was kind of the first job straight out of college. Do you know it's very interesting because you said that you almost didn't want to stand out and I think that's really interesting because sometimes you know when we know we're going down the wrong path, there is that kind of intuitive, I suppose, knowing that maybe what we're doing isn't exactly right. And I don't really have a question with that. I just think it's a, it was interesting that you said it. So anyway, you were doing a uh, internship. It was an 18-month internship. How did that kind of come to an end? Does it get extended or do you end up leaving? Yeah, towards the end of that, um, I was offered a permanent position after the 18 months, which I accepted. Um it didn't have any sort of financial reflection or raise in terms of internship to, um, you know, permanent position, which was a bit unfair. Um, I think at that point in time, I, I'm not sure if Ireland are still doing this, but they, they really, really reaped the benefits of paid and unpaid internships. Um, so I accepted the permanent position, but I... I got a lot of experience in that job. Being a startup, there was only two or three of us working there. It was really, really hands-on. I got to work in every sort of department as it was, even if it was tiny. Um, But there was a huge amount of customer service involved. And I find that really, really hard. Um, Dealing with a lot of complaints, um, just a lot of really frustrated, angry people on the phone. Um, and I just have complete newfound respect for anyone who works in any sort of customer service or call center like that, because that really wore me down um, so much. So I started looking for another job. Um, and at this point, I found a graduate program um, in Dublin again that were seeking graduates with about one year experience already, which is cruel, right? They're looking for graduates, like, but with one year experience. Um, so that was in financial services. Um, and I think, although that wasn't my passion, I just wanted out. I wanted a, this, you know, textbook grad program that everyone, all my friends and like uh, other fellow graduates were getting on. I wanted a chance to work with others around the same age as me to work in a group and in a bigger company this company had over a thousand people employed um so i started off there on a on a graduate program of about i think that was 18 months as well um and i loved that i loved being around people who were going to the same as me um people my age it was like a little extension of university but the work itself God, i absolutely hated financial services it like it was again really grueling um dragging myself to work every day I kept asking myself every Sunday evening when I get that Sunday evening dread I thought am I going to feel this with every single job like do I know everyone gets a bit of the Monday blues but I'm getting like 
this these awful sinking feelings on a Sunday night going into work on a Monday thinking like this is not for me is this the rest of my life like so yeah that that kind of ran its course as well then after the graduate program. Kira, do you know the way you've set this story up I feel like there's like a big turning point coming because to go along like that doing something that you dislike so much is so emotionally and physically draining so I'm wondering where the turning point came. Yeah, it. I think I I got an out. Um, in this company after the graduate program, um, the company the we started going through the financial crisis, and the company began to announce a lot of redundancies. Um, started off at a few, and then it, it like announced basically the redundancy of the entire workforce of the company. So I had an end date. Um, I had no choice. It, it was coming. It was happening. Um, at that point in time, I had moved back in with my parents um, for a while. So was in the privileged position to be able to save enough money um, from not paying extortionate rent um, in Dublin that I had the opportunity to go abroad. Um, at that point, I decided, OK, I need to take a break from this, you know, focus on business and finance and marketing I'm just going to go take a break I'll work in bars and restaurants if I have to but I need to go abroad and just think about this for a while um, which is what I did I went to Canada um, on a working student visa for a year and I did that I took time out I worked in hospitality and kind of the restaurant industry that had absolutely nothing to do with my um, undergraduate degree whatsoever and I just took some time to um yeah what felt like have a little bit less responsibility um step away from from that kind of path I had started to go down and and it worked because towards the end of the year I began to reflect and really really work hard um asking myself what I want to do and I I got to the point where it was so frustrating. I've always wanted to be one of those people that had this really, really clear cut path for them. I envied anyone who wanted to become, you know, a doctor or a nurse or who just knew their passion, had it set out and they could just follow that route from day one. I had no idea. I was dabbling in things um, and it was it was really frustrating. I just wanted to focus on my career path, but I didn't know what it was. So I asked myself while I was in Canada, out of every single little job or role I've had so far, what if is has there been anything I've enjoyed or what has been the most enjoyable part of each thing that I can take away um and everything everything always came back to writing for me even if it was writing financial reports or writing to customers and customer service it was about words and structuring emails and content and the English language in general and realizing that for me says okay I I I, I need to do something about this I can't do a master's in English because I don't have an undergraduate in English. So I started researching furiously of some sort of conversion course or master's that didn't require um, an undergraduate in, in sort of the arts. And eventually I came across a master's in writing in NUI Galway would purely accept you based on a portfolio you could submit rather than your the sort of discipline or the of your undergraduate degree. And I just thought, oh, my God, OK, if I can put a portfolio together of some kind, sounds impossible, but 
you know, there's a chance that they would accept me and I could do a sort of a U-turn here. This was four to five years later. And I felt like, okay, this might be a massive step backwards, but it could be the U-turn I need to take to, to redirect. So that's what I did. I While I was working in bars and restaurants, I'd get home at two or three in the morning and I'd start writing all the bits of a portfolio um, to put together and, and submit. And yeah, I got accepted and had to quickly make the decision to to come back to Ireland, which it was easy almost. I thought, okay, this is my chance to to really focus on something that I'm passionate about for the first time since leaving school. When you were putting the portfolio together, did you have bodies of work to draw on? How did you even begin to you know put that whole thing together? Um, from what I remember, there was a there was a vague outline. They gave a, an amount of words that it had to be, and I think about two to three different pieces of work. Because it was a a master's in writing, it, I didn't feel like it had to be all creative writing because the course itself covered things like journalism, literary criticism, more like contemporary publishing and digital publishing. So I knew that I didn't have to write this novel. You know, I could interpret that as I wanted to. So I ended up. I submitted a like a fictional short story um, and, and, and sort of writing fiction has been sort of a hobby of mine anyway. But then I, I, I also submitted an essay that I had gotten a first class honours in, in my business degree. Um, it was an, an essay on like strategic management. Uh, and I thought, OK, this first class honours in strategic management has to mean something in terms of, you know, the way I've structured it, the language I've used, the content you know, surely a professor in a different discipline can recognize that it's good writing. So, yeah, it was a pretty mixed portfolio, like a ma- like a management essay with some short story and I think maybe some form of journalism. It was a mix, but I think they obviously considered it like g- good enough. <laughs> I don't even know what they thought of it, but, you know, I might have got in easily. They might have just said, OK, just let her in. But Anyway, I, I, I got in and, and that style of writing kind of stayed with me um, because, you know, my professors picked up on my style of writing, which led to them recommending that I look into the role of technical writer if I did not want to go down the path of, you know, writing a novel or trying to earn my living writing fiction or stories or poetry or anything like that. They said a lot of graduates from this course who don't want to be journalists or something else, they're very content and happy in the world of technical writing. And one professor singled me out, like he took me aside and said, I'm so grateful that he did, so grateful. Um, he said, Kira, but like based on your writing style, I think you'd be like, you'd be really, really suited to this world. And with your background in business or having worked in the professional world already, you could easily slot in there. You know, you could have your financial and employment stability that you want, but also be using your writing on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, I'm forever grateful that he took the time and effort to actually say that to me. Um, I wish someone had said that to me in secondary school or my undergraduate degree to really provide tailored recommendations like that. I felt like that was the first time someone was really speaking to me based on my on my skills and passion. And how long into your course were you when that recommendation came? It was if probably in the last third of it. It was at least halfway through. In one-to-one meetings with this professor, I'd expressed that, you know, I'm not I don't think I want to go down the path of, of being this poor writer. Like I don't really have this passion to write the next best-selling novel. That's not what I'm about. Like I like working in 
big organizations. I like working in a business world or, you know, tech or wherever it is, because I like being with people on a daily basis. I like being around people. I like having tea breaks and coffee breaks and lunch and everything. It's, I love being around people, but I also want to be writing. Um, so he kind of recognized that, like we discussed, maybe he did suggest, you know, if you want to continue down this route of living this university life and following your passion of writing, you could look into um, a PhD. And I thought, oh, wow, that's that's amazing because that could be because I was loving university life so much. This master's was everything I wish my undergrad had been. And I just wanted to live it for the rest of my life. Like if I had could continue doing that master's for the next 20, 30 years, I would have done that. But obviously not feasible. So he said, well, a way to extend this is to look into a PhD. But um, for anyone who's kind of looked into a PhD or, you know, the hours or what's involved, it can be a very lonely um four to five or however many years it takes you to complete it not lonely it depends how you structure your days um or what type of person you are if you're very content in your own company and you're happy with you know working away by yourself all day every day maybe it's perfect for you but i knew for me with very little structure to my days and having to to really just spend a lot of time alone i i just wasn't willing to do that at that point um maybe in the future i haven't ruled it out completely but at that point in time um, I just didn't feel ready to settle into that type of that type of life. Um, I knew I wanted to go back into some for, some form of kind of permanent employment alongside other people. So did that permanent employment come along straight after your course or was there another sort of transition period before that actually came along? There was one more transition period in which I had the summer to complete my thesis um, for my master's. Um, that meant no no classes whatsoever um, and I didn't have I had been tutoring in the academic writing centre in NUI Galway um, that was kind of bringing in some income but then obviously um, that wrapped up um, towards the summertime so I was looking to make a bit of money but also try and add to my my CV um, in terms of writing now I had to really kind of start to get some sort of experience in this area that's how that's what I felt anyway because I felt like I just I wasn't going to waltz into a technical writing job as a graduate um just from my experience in the past you know everyone wants you to have experience um so I don't know if it was if now looking back it feels like just pure luck that there was an internship in Galway where I was doing my master's and it was for um, a tech company like software security something kind of quite bland <laughs> and sorry to anyone who actually works in that industry but it was um, about a three-month internship in as a technical writer they had one specific project that they needed an extra pair of eyes um, and hands so I yeah I inter- interviewed for that I think I was like a little older and more experienced than they were expecting. They were expecting some kind of fresh young graduate around like 21 years old, whereas, you know, I was almost a mature student at this point. Um, but I was so eager to to get some technical writing experience um, that I was happy with it. It didn't pay a lot, but it paid something. And, you know, I had to be in Galway finishing my thesis anyway. So I did that for... Um, yeah, two to three months. And that was the first introduction sort of to the technical writing world um, and sort of the programs and, 
you know, writing tools they use on the computer. And yeah, it was a massive learning curve and definitely the first stepping stone into that world. During my time in that internship, um, I began Googling technical writing jobs, like permanent ones, as I knew this one was coming to an end. And I found a recruitment agency in the UK specifically for technical writing like a little boutique agency almost um which was really interesting because they were very they were very attentive very responsive to my messages and they knew my experience or my lack of experience and um they immediately suggested a job for me um based in the UK and they said, look, it's it's they're looking for someone, a sort of junior technical writer almost. Um, and we think you'd be a good fit. Why don't you have an interview? So I had an interview with my uh, now manager, my now, who's now my boss. And that was over video. And then they offered to um, bring me over for an in-person um, interview. So I did that, I think, about two or three weeks later. And, and yeah, they offered me the job and that was almost three years ago and I'm still with the same company and yeah I've moved from kind of junior technical writer to technical writer and now I'm senior technical writer and and managing others um other technical writers in the company so it's yeah I'm finally at a point where I don't get that Sunday evening dread anymore and I didn't think that that was possible but yeah grateful to be here (laughs) Well, I love that because there is nothing worse than that feeling when you're, you know, in a job and you hate it so much and that kind of dread of having to go into work. Uh, and, and, you know, I've been there myself, so I'm, I'm really glad you managed to get away from that. Just as an end point, I'm wondering what tips and advice you have and can maybe share with us having gone through all this experience yourself for anyone who is trying to figure out their own career path now. Gosh, it's hard. If I could go back in time and tell myself certain things, it would be, you know, choose courses and things that you actually enjoy. I know this is probably going to sound so cliche, but really follow what you're passionate about because that's sustainable. That's manageable long term. You can progress from that. You can morph your passions into other things. But, you know, I I really felt stuck in a rush at times by making such a decision that was so different to everything I I ever wanted to do on a daily basis by choosing business. You know, I didn't, you know, I wish I almost could do taster courses in, that's what I always said, you know, I wish I could really do, you know, a few months of a course before really committing to it. Um, That said, if you don't feel like you have really clearly defined passions or desires right now, it's okay. Um, I think there's always way out, way, ways out of th- sorry, ways out of things now. Um, you know, there are conversion courses. I think you can always just stop. You can always take a breather. You can take a year out. You can decide to travel. Um, you know, it took me four to five years to really just say, okay, I've had enough. This isn't for me. And it's it's I also really think it's OK to job hop. I know a lot of people um, it was almost taboo, maybe the generation before me, but 
you know, I felt I definitely felt some pressure and guilt to be moving around jobs every year or so. Um, whereas some people were building up this amazing rapport with their company by straight out of college and suddenly they're, you know, they're five or six years. They've they've worked the way up the ladder because they've been in the company so long. But, you know, I wasn't willing to sit with that. I was unhappy. So after, you know, six months a year, move on if you need to. Um, definitely don't feel any pressure to stay there. Um, you're only prolonging the inevitable because it'll get to a point where you'll crash you will just mentally and physically crash anyway you know your mind and body will tell you to stop if you haven't already done so um so yeah don't be afraid to to move around to hop around exploring what you like it's all about trial and error definitely in my case trial and error just finding it finding out um trying different things and saying no to stuff and going back and re-educating yourself it's what I did I really feel like I did a u-turn it wasn't even a sidestep it was I almost felt like I was going backwards at times um but there's absolutely no shame in doing that um if you're a mature student um sometimes you know your personality when you're older you know you you've figured out you've got more clearly defined goals and maybe that's the time then to really study um whereas straight out of college I don't know. It's it's different. It's, everyone's path is going to be very different based on their circumstances. But I would definitely say follow your passions, what you like, and ignore the pressure to, to figure it all out um, sooner rather than later, because you've got a lot of time. There's a lot, a lot of career time to really figure it out. So, yeah, there's no deadline. What I've really enjoyed about Kira's story is that in a sort of weird way, I don't know if she gets the job that she loves now without going through the jobs that she hated doing. And if you listen back, you'll hear that I think there was a realisation for Kira that she really enjoyed working in that business environment, that she enjoyed working with people, that she didn't want to be writing the epic novel. She says that herself, but she had to be exposed to the business side of things before she could find a way to join her love of writing into a job that she really enjoys. And I suppose that made me think about your path, whatever your career path is right now, whatever you're doing. Maybe you're doing something you really enjoy, maybe you're not, maybe you hate getting up in the morning to do whatever the work you're doing is, and maybe you're just tolerating it to get to the next place. So I suppose what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way is that if you are someone who is feeling a bit lost with your career or feeling a bit demotivated, I just want to remind you that you will get there. Just keep on going, keep on trying, keep on pushing and asking questions and applying for things. You will find that career and job that you love. You just got to keep on going. One step at a time, one application at a time, one day at a time. And I have full faith that you'll get there. I'm Keanu Sullivan. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.